deeper down the rabbit hole. Saturday, 6 p.m., live in Toronto, Ontario, at the Queen City Curio Occult and Spiritual Store. Welcome. You know what time it is, Zach? It's 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have our show regularly. That's right, deep down the rabbit hole. Now broadcasting live from 607 Gerard Street East in East Chinatown, Toronto. The Canadian Winterland, which is not Winterland. Dude, don't do do not talk about the winterland that's going to be coming. Enjoy the summer right now. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we only get four months of summer, man. Just don't speak of the thing. Don't think don't speak of the winter wonderland. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. No discussion of winter influence put on my mind for a long time. So. That said, today we got a great show for you to talk about powwow. And that's a very unique thing to particularly Pennsylvania, Ohio kind of region. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about it extensively. So, who's our guest today? Sir so, Zach. we got Rob Phoenix with us today. And uh, he is a practitioner of powwow. And I might botch this, so I apologize, but brochery. And uh, with this, his mission is to dispel any misinformation about these practices and, well, educate everybody around it. So he is the author of the Pow Wow Grimoire. His website is PA, meaning Pennsylvania, GermanPowWow.com. And he's in the tradition of the Phoenix line of Cumberland County. So welcome to our show, Rob. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming. This is kind of an interesting topic. Like, we often tell people that we're we're paradigmally neutral, and they never believe us until we ask somebody who's a Christian faith healer on the show, and then Absolutely. they're like, "Oh, they're serious that we're open to all paths of magic, uh, regardless of what it is." Um, and Powell is a Christian uh, a Christian style of faith healer, isn't it? Yes, uh, uh, it's a Pennsylvania German. Um, traditional practice of uh, Christian folk healing. Sorry about the dogs. No need to apologize. We love our dogs. The dogs are randomly speaking the voice of God, right? (laughs) What drew you to powwow? I'm I'm sorry. I missed the clip. I'm so sorry. Blair, come here. Okay, what was the question? Let's go. So what drew you to powwow? Um, I was raised uh, in Catholic tradition, and uh, as I was a young adult, I started looking for more, um, more uh, like a magical thing to study and a, a healing thing to study, and I went through all kinds of different phases. I am so sorry about these dogs. They were quiet all day, all day. Uh, anyway, um, in the 1990s, I started learning about Pennsylvania German powwow, and it was 
Well, it was appealing to me because it was from the culture that I came from. It was, I had heard of powwow growing up, but never really thought much of it. Um, there were a couple local powwowers where I lived, but I just never thought much of it. Um, but I realized this is a, a, a magical tradition that allows me to s still be Christian. I don't have to change my Christianity or give that up in order to experience folk magic. Um, so... Yeah, I just started uh, 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 studying that, and it took me a long time to really grasp what it was. And it took me a, a number of one-on-one uh, -on -one teachers that I met over the years and such, and it just became very important to me. And it, came, it was just like the perfect thing for my life. It was, it was totally perfect on a spiritual, religious, magical uh, 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 level. And it, it's, you know, it's from the culture that I'm from. Um, so here we are. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, Andrea, you got a question? So what does a typical powwow session look like? What does it look like when you're meeting with somebody to do a pow to do a powwow magic session? How does it how does it go through, and how do you you start and finish? And what do people come to you for to to kind of get fixed up? Okay, so it is uh, 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 it is uh, a tradition of healing. Primarily. Um, and you can understand, you know, it's a couple hundred years old, but it was it was pre uh, doctor on every corner. There were no emergency rooms and such. And so, you know, people did the best they could and just kind of interspersed with regular uh, medical things would be these sort of like folk charms for healing and such. And it's just what the people thought you did um, for various ailments and such um, as time went on people realize that these things actually, they work. And so now you might go to a powwow, there's people that still don't have health insurance. So some, sometimes people come to a powwow and you're the only thing they're gonna get. You know what I mean? You're the only, you're the only help that they can get because they, they can't go to a hospital anymore unless you have insurance. Um, so a typical, a typical uh, meeting with uh, a client or a friend that comes over for something is you, you speak with them beforehand or they show up and they tell you what's going on. You seat them, have them, you know, have a seat, face east, the direction of sunrise. And then a typical, uh, depending on what their uh, ailment or complaint might be, is you would just uh, do a series of gestures and speak a series of words over them in multiples of three, and then kind of send them on their way. Uh, there are various different um, rituals or charms, whatever you want to call it, for various different concerns or complaints. Um, so, but the typical like session would be somebody coming, you're seating them, you're doing the uh, the, the 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 powwow ritualistic charm or whatever uh, in a repetition of three, and then you're sending them home. Sometimes. In rare instances, you might uh, 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 make some sort of like herbal uh, tea or infusion for the, the person to to drink that might help them with their ailment. Um, you have to be careful with that, too, because, you know, you just do. Uh, also, we may make something for the, the person to take along with them. Um, and that might be what's known as a brow bag, which is just basically a cloth pouch with maybe a prayer written inside of it, maybe a, a, a certain plant or something. Um, 
or we might, you know, prescribe prescribe to them to uh, get an herbal supplement or whatever. But we, the main thing is to go see a, a primary physician if you're able to. Um, so that's like a typical uh, powwow uh, or braukarai. That's the word you were tumbling over a little while ago. Right. Uh, kind of session. Um, that's really it. It's pretty much, it's pretty no nonsense. It's pretty simple. Um, there's not a lot of like hocus pocus and silliness going on. It's just, they come, you know, you, you help them out and then send them on their way and then you go about your day. Um, and you can kind of understand the appeal to that, especially in more rural areas. You know, if you're out farming or gardening or whatever, and somebody comes to you and they need some help, you know, you can take a few minutes out of your day and help that person send them on your way and then get back to work. There's not a lot of like pre-preparation or, you know, there's not a lot of ritualistic, uh, silliness or whatever. Um, it's pretty much usable by the average person. And then there you go. Uh, so uh, let's see. In some of the resources that we kind of read before the short research, one of the methods was to take like the string of a person or the measure of a person mm -hmm. and then remove their condition by taking that string and then burning it or maybe like is that like how does that actually work when you kind of take something negative away with the string um so there is something called uh sympathy it's where uh you're doing a gesture or speaking words that um I'm, I'm going to pronounce it or say it poorly, but are like uh, symbolic of what you want to happen. And so like in the case of that string, you know, you, you're taking the measure of the person um, and it's believed that, that the illness or their, their condition is being transferred into the string and burning it. So that whole thing is kind of like a sympathetic formula, like sending that message to God, like this is what we need to happen. Mm. We need that illness to come off and be burned, you know, gone. Um, because that's the thing with uh, this uh, this uh, uh, system of folk healing is that it's God that does it. We're not blasting energy into somebody. We're not uh, using some sort of magical powers that we've developed. It's God that makes it all happen. So we're just basically, we're doing it. We're saying the words and everything. And it's the Holy Spirit, I guess, working through us. Um, there you go. Right. So in reference, like, you know, Andrea was talking about the string. However, could you give us examples of how you would go about with uh, curse removals and how that would work in a powwow perspective? Uh, yeah, so um, it's no secret that there are witches in this day and age. They're all very public about themselves and such. And, uh, and you can look, you can find books and everything about curses and such things. So if there are people doing it and there are books showing how to do it, it stands to reason that there would be targets to such things. And sometimes people really, really truly believe that they have been uh, for hexed by someone. Um, that's a tricky, it's a tricky uh, uh, situation because it's hard to prove yay or nay if that is the case. So my rule of thumb is just to always do the anti-hex work you know, if it's if it's an actual uh, for hexing on the client, it will remove it. And if it's not, it will make the person feel better. I mean, nobody loses in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it would depend on the, the, the situation. Um, 
but there are various like uh, 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 powwow remedies for um, for hexings. It could be like taking the measure of a, a an individual, which you're measuring certain points in the body with a string, tying knots at those measurements, you know, and burning that. That's one way of removing something. Um, there are various other, you know, various other methods too, but uh, it's not uncommon. And actually, um, especially like as we're moving into the fall, this is like the time of year when people, I think it's because people are indoors more, they start to feel their aches and pains more, they start to, you know, uh, it's a kind of a spookier time of year and people think if something's going on, maybe somebody put something on them. So you get a lot of more as a powwow, I get a lot of more uh, clients in the fall for things like uh, for hexings and such. Um, you know, but you have to you have to help people because in this day and age, they very well could have something on, them. you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And then while we were going through the notes, I mean, an interesting thing you mentioned in at least uh, the traditions uh, is very much that you had to be instructed by someone of the opposite gender. So what is the reasoning around that? Because I know you said some family styles will just go with, um, you know, it doesn't matter within that. But the opposite gender instruction, um, what is the thinking around that particularly? Um, I, I actually have never uh, found any good logic behind that other mm -hmm. than this is the way it's always been done. Um, and there are actually more examples, at least that I found in history, of same gender. You know, a father right. would teach a son or a mother would teach the daughter. Um, and I learned a couple of things from men as well as women. Uh, so I've never really found any logic to that. Um, it doesn't make sense to me, especially in this day and age. We, you know, people see gender kind of a little differently now than we once did. And I don't know. I just, uh, for tradition's sake, I can say that um, I have had female, you know, women teach me certain things, but I do way more than I learned from any one single teacher. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't really like limitations like that, but there it is. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from. Fair, fair. Yeah, because we're like, what's this about? So that's why we were wondering about it. So hold One on of the things that I found really interesting is that there's, in, in, for instance, like the, a lot of use of the ritual hours and planetary hours in some aspects of what is considered classical ceremonial magic that is pulled in and used. Uh, maybe you could talk about how you use the planetary hours to do your healings and, and kind of blessings. Okay, so uh, there is this old chart I call the the man of signs, the zodiac man. You sometimes see it, it's just like a, a human body and then there's all the zodiac signs kind of around them pointing to various points of the body. Well, so it's believed that various parts of the body are governed by various astrological signs. So, uh, so every day is ruled by an astrological sign or a planet. Um, every hour can be broken down into an astrological sign or a planet to fine tune when you're going to uh, try for certain illnesses and such. So certain parts of the body, you know what I mean? Uh, so like right now, um, 
a moon. So we are in, I can't, I can't see my calendar, but uh, we're in the new moon and we're in the point of um, working for like the, the, the uh, digestion and such. Um, and as the moon goes through various signs, it, it cover, it highlights different parts of the body. I'm explaining this poorly and I'm kind of rambling, but that the goal, the idea is that, uh, the different signs rule various parts of the body and you can wait for the moon to be in that sign. You can, uh, or every day can be broken apart into planetary hours to work within certain hours. Um, uh, uh I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Right. So each body yeah. part has different, a different planetary hour to ascribe to it. Not, mm. We can use a calculator to figure out where the, when the planetary hour is, but that's when you would try to actually do the healing, even if it's at 3 a.m. or something, because that's that's the best optimal time for that body part uh, right. to kind of to kind of make it make it to kind of ask God. It's the best time to ask God at that moment. Right, 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 right. And sometimes you just can't wait, and you do it whenever, uh, but. If you can wait and get as many things in line and uh, as many associations in place as possible, that you know that just adds more to it. It just makes it better. So one of the things is the the kind of importance of the, the Bible. And while one of the big differences is that while a lot of conjure work tends to use the Old Testament, a lot of references that you make in what we read was that the Powell uses the New Testament. Uh, to, to kind of work part of it? Uh, well, Powers believe that the, uh, you know, the Great Commission was for uh, us to go out into the world, lay our hands on sick people so they get well. Um, it was, it's basically the job of Christians to go out there and spread healing and to help people. You would not know that. <laughs> um, by the way certain churches and such behave, but that really the Great Commission is the job of every Christian to go out there and bring healing to people. Um, and that's really the bottom line. You know, Jesus is considered like the great physician. And so our our task is pretty simple to go out there and, uh, you know, if somebody needs healing, then we're going to try our best to help them. And that's that's it. You know, that's, that's our purpose. That's the, our mission as uh, followers of Christ. That which I can do and more shall you be able to do. I paraphrase that poorly, but yeah. So, a lot of what we described goes back to some parts of German Catholicism. Um, and I think there's a kind of important decision about why the number three and what does the Holy Trinity actually mean in Powell. Um, and maybe you could tell us, like, how that works? How does the Trinity work? What does each part of the Trinity do uh, for powwow, and how do they interrelate inside of powwow mentality of German Catholicism? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, that was a tough question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, um, my answer is yes. Uh, no, I, I yes, um, yes. Uh, the way, our, the way we view it is that we're uh, 
Christians are called by God to spread that healing and to heal people and cast out demons. And like, that is our job. That is the great commission. That's what we're supposed to do. The Holy spirit is like the helper spirit. You know, God is the father. Jesus is the son. And there's that, that third, that Holy spirit, the helper spirit. And that's what does the, 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 the healing is the Holy spirit. So I can't speak for, uh, you know, like church doctrine or whatever. I just can't, I'm just not that kind you know, that educated, but, um, I can say that uh, while a lot of it stems from Catholicism um, during the, the, the German Reformation and, you know, the subsequent fleeing to the, you know, Pennsylvania for religious freedom, uh, where we have the, um, like the Lutherans and the the Union Churches, which United Church of Christ, that's what it is now. So Powell uses a lot of uh, Protestant things, but we kept some bits of Roman Catholicism. So it, we kind of have our own sort of our own sort of take on Christianity, I guess you could say. I mean, I, um, I can't really speak about how it works, other than we we understand that we're just people on earth where as Christians, that is our job to go out there and lay hands on the sick so they get well. And, but it's through no power. It's through that, which God has worked through me. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I know that doesn't answer your question, but I don't have an answer to that. Cause I'm just not that, that, and you know, educated in the in theology, but you does mention sort of that it's the Holy spirit that does the healing when you ask. Um, it's kind of like then the other part is like well, what does Jesus play versus God in a healing when you're doing the actual healing from your perspective so you, you kind of mentioned the healing the Holy Spirit does the work it seems like that from your perspective it's doing the work that you ask or it's the, the force behind the work that you ask or the, the action that God takes yeah I mean I can't I, you know, I don't, I don't really have full explanations for things um, because that would mean I'm speaking with absolute certainty. And that's, that's not the case. I'm speaking with absolute belief. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't, that's way too high theological for me. I'm sorry. I just don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. I think uh, um, the idea is that, you know, you, you're calling on God father god the son god the holy spirit they work together the three of them whatever roles each of them play in that process you know we just trust that it does um we don't put any of our own ego into it and that includes kind of like questioning you know what i mean like when we start doubting and such i think that puts up a barrier to the the, the healing work um so we have to like there's this uh, there's this like thing i don't know what it's called they say let go and let god and like that is so important as a broker or a powwower it's just to let go, let God, just trust that God does it and tell, tell you, you, the people that you're trying for, we call it trying that, you know, it's now, it's now up to God, you know, and if it works, all praise, honor and glory go to God. Don't, you know, don't worry about me. Um, I don't know. There you go. Yes. My answer is yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> So you make reference to using playing cards for divinations in your session. So could you explain a little bit about that? Like, are you using the suits in a particular way or how are you going about the divination? Um, yes. Mostly how I use my, uh, my cards is 
Um, various suits have various uh, different meanings and purposes, the various cards and such. Um, so uh, what I'm mostly concerned with in a reading is, because I don't do a reading for general, general like if somebody says, oh, I have these ailments and such, they're not going to get a, I'm not going to use my cards for that. My cards are used if somebody believes that they have been for hexed um, or, or cursed, you know. Uh, so when I'm reading the, the cards for somebody, and this I can do on my own, I don't need that person there with me. I'm looking for spades, and spades have like uh, uh, most of the meanings that involve like uh, the for hexings and such. And there is a way that I do my readings. It's pretty, uh, I don't know, it's kind of involved. It's hard to explain, but. I think I put it out there. I think I have it out there, like how I do it in one of my blog posts. Um, but yeah, just know that I'm looking for spades, and then that's not a that's not a definitive answer. That just means that's what my cards are saying that there's more of this than anything else. It could be, and so I'll ask further questions. Um, but some people have been blown away by how I, and it's not me that does it. I just put the cards out, and then I'll ask them a question or like. That's exactly what's going on. That's so strange. You know, you know, that's that's not me that's doing that. I'm just saying what I see. But but yes, we we do use playing cards. Um uh various power hours that I know have different kind of methods with it. Um mm -hmm. I have a friend who uses uh tarot cards. Um but they're very heavily biblical symbolism too, so that makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh Anyway, sorry, I can't, I can't give you the exact methods because it's hard to put into words. But I do have it out there if you're interested. Uh, the way I do it is on my website. Cool, cool. So one time you actually used all these tools. You had spine surgery and you used all these tools to get better. Um, and you had, you had used all these tools to kind of produce your own sort of miracle between charms and bags and... I know there's there's a slight difference between charms. Maybe you could talk about how you did that, how you recovered from the, the spine surgery. Well, that was a... Yeah, so my spine was broken um, a number of years ago. And I mean, mostly it's the surgery, the doctors and the, you know, whatever they did, they put screws and there's rods in my back and it's all very like, kind of cool to look at the x-ray uh that's what fixed me what got me through it though was um you know obviously my faith in things and the, and i actually it's really and it sounds strange but it's really good that that happened to me because it changed my perspective on what it actually means to ask god for healing because before that i didn't really get it because i was okay but then when you're in a position where you're not okay and for six months you can't walk and then you have to learn how to walk with a walker and everything else. And, you know, and I'm, I'm like 39 or 40 years old and I'm using a walker, uh, it, it changes your perspective and it changed the way I pray and it changed the way I saw my healing. So definitely that being in that situation helped me understand uh, not only the role that medicine, modern medicine and doctors and such play, but how important it is to... Uh, have faith along with that because um, I could have just given up and still be using a walker to this day. You know, I've seen people in that situation. Um, so anyway, I think, uh, you know, faith is so important too for getting better. That's really kind of where I'm going with this. And I don't, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's all I can say. I can't, 
I, you know, I can't say exactly what did I do at the time. It was, you know, it was like 10 or 12 years ago, I think. I can't really remember. But, um, yeah, definitely my faith changed during that. It changed my perspective. And, therefore, it changed the way I, I powwow and I try for people and the way I see how powwowing works. Right. So with that, is there any particular verses that you can recollect that you were like really looking at in the Bible for that to help you with that process? Um, there, I had a pastor that came to me when I was in, after my surgery, I had a pastor that came to me and, uh, Uh, there are, I just have to, I just have, I have a lot of, a lot going on with this. Um, but there was a pastor that came to me in the hospital and he read a Bible verse for me and it really, uh, I just don't have it. There are some though. I, you know, I have, I have some that I go back to, um, that I have shared at various points in time and various places and such, but, um, Yes, but not, you know, that was just for my own prayer, my own comfort and such. Um, but powwow is more like, powwow has established uh, healing prescriptions or rituals and ritualistic actions for various uh, ailments and illnesses. Now, not all of those things work, you know, sometimes sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but that that's not... I, I don't believe that's a reflection on the, the efficacy of powwowing. I believe it's um, sometimes the person needs an operation. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need something a little bit more than what you can get from your local powwow. Um, you know, it just is what it is. But it goes hand in hand with modern medicine. You really have to really have to be careful because you're not going to be the the total physician for a person. Even so, even though sometimes the person comes to you and you're the only thing they're coming for. You know, so. I'll try for you. That's what we say. I'll try for you. But, you know, if you get an opportunity to go see a doctor, please do so. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I have a lot of favorite Bible verses and such, but it's just, you know, I, you know, I have a lot marked that I could, I could, I could waste our time here by going through every single one and reading them and everything and talking about them. But that's not why, that's not what you guys want to hear. <laughs> but maybe, I mean, like maybe one, one of your favorite ones and what it means to you and like how you use that to actually communicate with God. Okay. Um, do you know the be still and, you know, be still, I know I don't, I'm paraphrasing it because I don't have it all here in front of me, but there, there are a lot. There's one that actually is used a lot in powwowing for uh, stopping blood. Um, then I passed by the, and I saw the in a pool of down bud and I said, said unto me live um that's a, a really common one used for uh stopping blood so nice. generally though you don't have individuals making appointments to see you if they're bleeding you know what i'm saying um but yeah it's it's kind of one of those like first aid sort of uh uh whatever um my favorite book is luke the gospel of luke and luke was a physician so you're going to see you know the story in luke is the the, the ministry of christ from the heat the, the perspective of a physician and so luke is really my favorite book in the whole bible um just because it gives that nice perspective 
uh, yeah, I mean, lots of different, um, lots of different, uh, the, 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 how the powwow healing, uh, rituals and charms and such, uh, reference biblical themes, not so much, uh, actual passages in the Bible, but more like themes, you know what I mean? Um, so there we go. Right. Like, so like Jesus did this so we can do this here. You know? Yes. I kind of, I get it. So, yes. So what are the things that, um, that you kind of mentioned is, is you use a lot of iron, a lot of iron in different places. Mm -hmm. What does iron actually, what does iron do? Like, how does it work? And how well? Uh, iron is used to negate anything. So it is believed that it can negate any kind of uh, force that crosses its path. In other words, like it all, it's almost like it sets up a barrier. Um, I have iron nails all around my property in the ground uh, and iron in various, like if I make a, a, a pouch for someone for protection, usually I'll put some iron nails in there. Um, iron is believed to protect against uh, anything. Even if, even if I were to send, you know, try to send healing to somebody, the iron may protect them from that as well. So it's really kind of negates any kind of anything that comes its way. Um, so yeah, lots of iron nails uh, and they're buried in the ground. They're nailed into various things. Um, I have a fence post outside that has a ton of them in it for various things that I'm doing. Um, there you go. Right. And speaking of the iron theme, it's like you have talked about horseshoes and you were mentioning that they, you know, they have to be used and you have to find them. So in, in powwow practices to find them, are powwows actually just going out specifically to look for horseshoes sometimes as a type of working? Or is it more by chance where you're just, you know, you're going about your everyday work and then it just pops up? Yeah. Um, if you live out by the, like out where the farms and such are, a lot of times you'll find old ones. You know, you, you might even come across them in the woods when you're walking, you find some older ones. Now, there is a shop in a town somewhat local to me that has a supplier of old horseshoes. And so they have old railroad spikes, old horseshoes, you know, old iron nails and such um, that they get from this private supplier. And then you can purchase them from there. Um, but sometimes the farms, local farms will give you old horseshoes if you ask um or they'll sell them uh even a, there's an amish market uh not far from here that sells them nobody knows why they sell them but i'm glad they do because it's very helpful um but they're used they're old ones and there you go right and and how how is this used in reference to say like barn paintings and just barn work um for like blessings of the family and things like that you mean, are you talking about like the hex signs and such? Yeah. Okay. So the hex signs were um, originally just decoration. Uh, you know, especially back back in the day when there weren't too many paint colors available. Um, but then in the early 1900s, uh, it was a newspaper reporter, I guess, saw some of these things on the bar and these various symbols, which were real simple back then. It was just hearts or flowers or whatever. Um, and thought they had something to do with witchcraft. So they called them hex signs. And 
hex, you know, is the Pennsylvania German word for witch. Um, so a, a whole tourist industry was born out of that, where various artists started painting them and embellishing them with all the symbology and these different colors and such, and then they just became decorative symbols. But they ascribed meanings to them. You know, said, oh, here's one for, you know, fertility, and here's one to bring rain, and here's one for luck, and all this uh, sort of thing. So it just kind of stuck, and people really like that, and they associate that with powwow, and it's not really, powwowers generally don't do that. I guess in this day and age, now they do, but um, yeah, they weren't, they didn't have anything to do with powwow, they just were a, a Pennsylvania Dutch oddity, Pennsylvania German mm -hmm. oddity, but now that now they've kind of been, become synonymous with powwowing, and so there are some powwowers that do paint the hex signs and they kind of personalize them to whatever your need is. Um, they're basically like uh, folksy talismans, I guess you could say. Um, but for a lot of people, they're, they're just decoration. So. so it's interesting, like, you make reference that there's like three, besides the Bible, there's like three core books that, kind of mostly spells seem to come from or three core outside of the Bible books that are referenced a lot of the time. Well, I think one of them was uh, something like the hidden, the I forgot the name, my, my hidden friend, or I forgot the exact name of it. Mm -hmm. um, Long lost friend. But there was my lost friend, yeah, and uh, which, by the way, if, if people we want do to have that copy <laughs> of that book in the library, um, but there was also a, a book on Egyptian secrets um, that you mentioned. Yeah, the Albertus Magnus. So uh, prior to coming to uh, Pennsylvania, the the uh, people in, I guess, I think it's southwest Germany had this tradition using um, uh, the Albertus Magnus. Um, in the Bible and such, and it, it was basically like it was the precursor to Pennsylvania Dutch powwow. It was the the German Brockerin. Um and so coming here uh, to Pennsylvania, one of the uh, immigrants wrote the Long Lost Friend, but it was it had various names: the Friend in Need, or the Long Hidden Friend, the Long Lost Friend, whatever. Um, so that became like the first American grimoire, and he was tapping into what they were using in Germany. And kind of, it just became like more American. So that's really where the, the tradition comes from. Um, like the, the German speaking immigrants were doing these things, but once that book was published here in Pennsylvania uh, by a Pennsylvania person, it just became a holy Pennsylvania tradition. And so the long lost friend really uh, uh, exploded the tradition and to everybody. And you know, if you had a copy of this book, you could just, you could work the stuff in it. You could work the charms and the rituals that were found in the book. Some of them are bizarre, bizarre, like recipes and such with, you know, with ingredients that, I, you know, I wouldn't dare try now. But back in the day, you know, without medical physicians telling you now, people were drinking and eating all kinds of things. But the, uh, the, the, the healing rituals and such are still good. They hold up um, and people believe in them. And... The one thing I like about uh, that book is that he does not mention that you need to be taught man to woman, woman to man. He he just says, you know, if you're going to take this book seriously, then this stuff will work for you. And 
So it just, it spread so much. And that's, that's a good thing because Pennsylvania German powwow is such a well-documented magical tradition. We have everything, you know, for the past 300 years, we have it all. We can prove what it is, where it comes from, what people did, how, what they believed, you know, and it's still going strong today here in Pennsylvania. So it's probably one of the most well-documented, uh, magical, whatever traditions today. I mean, we know what its history is and where it came from. There's no guessing. Everything's there's newspaper articles going back 300 years, whatever. I mean, we have it all. So, but yeah, that, that long lost friend really was the most important book for spreading the tradition here in Pennsylvania. So do you have, we know you have like, uh, you have a powwow grimoire, but do you have any upcoming events or things that you, that you might want people to attend or that are interesting other, you know, conferences or anything? Um, well, I'm really trying to get some of the other people because there are about, uh, I'm going to say between 40 and 50, um, more powwowers in the world now than there were two years ago. So I'm really trying to get them to do more public events and such. There is one event coming up, um, in October in Pennsylvania here in Marietta, Pennsylvania. It's called the Albert Witch Festival. It's just a little local festival that celebrates like uh, local monsters and cryptids and all weird things from Pennsylvania. Um, so I'll be there with a booth, you know, and I'll have other uh, people from Phoenix lineup powwows there. And other than that, next June, I'm speaking at a conference somewhere in Northeast Pennsylvania. I can't even think of the name of the conference right now, but um, I'm trying, I'm trying to do less public things because I want other people to, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm tired of power and being, you know, making it about me and let somebody else go and let me just fade into the background. <laughs> um, Cause you know, I'm building a cabin and such and I just kind of want to be quiet for a while and just, you know, whatever. But, Totally understand that. So totally that's understand. Get away from the public guy. Um, well, we kind of appreciated coming on today. Um, when we when we can get it, we'll have a copy of Power Grimoire in our library that you can come peruse um, and take a look at, um, kind of learn more. And then, of course, Rob will have all the contact information for you that you gave us on the YouTube video that you'll be able to see. Um, mm -hmm. if you want to learn more or if you you need us you need to go to Pennsylvania and get some work done yeah cool is this on is this on YouTube right now I'm so confused. yes it is oh, live yeah, on live. YouTube so yeah we we're live because we were originally a live radio show so we keep yeah. that tradition going on okay uh, <laughs> so if we make mistakes totally live but oh, yeah. the podcast will be out in a couple in a few weeks after yeah. it gets cleaned up. So the podcast has a totally clean uh, kind of version on it, and YouTube is more, you know, if someone like gives a uh, interesting effect, which sometimes happens on the show, or they talk about stuff we didn't expect. It just that's how it is in live radio and live video, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. So we appreciate it coming on coming on today. Um, please, if you have any questions about Powell, we will put the contact information for Rob 
So again, thanks for coming on today. Any last minute advice to people, Rob? Well, if you want to learn powwow, uh, let me know. Chances are I have a teacher in your area now. So um, there you go. So give me a give me a give me a shout out or an email, or whatever, and I'll and I'll set you up. All right, there we go. We'll have all his contact information online. Thanks again for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole is sponsored by the Queen City Curio and Apothecary in Toronto, Ontario. Proudly in East Chinatown. Our store is at 607 Gerard Street East. Unit 401. Just take the elevator up to the fourth floor and we're right there. We carry the finest spiritual goods for all spiritual paths. Whatever you are into, we can help Check out our full public library of occult materials with over a thousand books. Accessible anytime the store is open. Check us out online at queencitycurio.ca. Be sure to leave a wish at our wish shrine right outside our door. You never know, it may just come to pass.